This is I am Robert A. Brown Ministries. Amen. We're going to be coming out of Romans, the third chapter and the 10th verse. Amen. This is Paul speaking to the church at Rome. The book of Romans is a heavy book on theology or understanding of God. All right. Let me begin reading God's word. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Amen. We must understand, saints, that the concept of whether man is inherently good or evil is answered here by Paul. That man is inherently evil. That does not mean that we all go out and murder somebody or, or, or do something reckless. But it means that we are inclined towards evil. Because of Adam's fall, we are all geared towards doing that which is wrong instead of doing that which is right. That's how we are born. That's how we're conceived in. Amen. This is how we are as human beings. So everything that comes from your heart, it doesn't mean it's good. More than likely, it is something that is evil. It does not mean that we don't do good things from time to time and we do good deeds or that we help people or that a lot of the times our intent is to do good, but we are we are affected by evil in our day to day lives. Now, some of us that have been raised in a particular way have uh, had our behaviors modified to try to be right a good portion of the time. But we're always and constantly fighting that evil inclination. This week, we're going to be dealing with the basics of man, part two, sin nature and redemption. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We praise you and thank you, Lord God, for this lesson today. And Father God, this task you've given me is too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Teach today. Preach today like never before. And we won't fail to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor because you do all things well. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. All right. Let's look at some more scriptures that, that, that speak about our human condition. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So this speaks of our hearts. You know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, in my heart I'm a good person. But in, 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 And I know what we mean when we say that. We, we want to be good. We desire to be a blessing to people, a lot of us. Um, some people don't care at all and just are mean all the time. But there's a good portion of us who desire to be good. And from a human standpoint, from... From a, a comparison between us and other human beings, we want to do good. And from a human standpoint, as I said, we are good. But this is coming from a godly standpoint, from a godly point of view. We are evil. We are wicked in our human state apart from God. All right. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew 15, 19. He says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness blasphemies this is our lord and savior speaking like this this is not things that i'm making up these are 
actual things. This is our state. If we were not in this state, why would we need a savior? And that's why many don't get saved because they believe they are inherently good and they miss out on the goodness of Jesus and being with him forever in heaven. We must first establish that we have a sin nature and that we need Jesus in order to be redeemed and to go to heaven and be with him forevermore. Amen. So point number one, man is inherently evil from a God point of view. I know horizontally we may not look at each other and say we're evil and looking at ourselves we may not say that but from a God point of view man is evil or fallen or or, or, or heavily influenced by sin okay but we must understand that we have no obligation to our flesh. Let's turn to Romans 8 and 12. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul speaking again. He says, so then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh. Now, flesh here is not talking about our bodies. What is flesh? It's our human nature, our worldliness, our sinful capacity to live according to the impulses of the flesh our nature without the Holy Spirit. All right, let's look at what flesh means in its original root word, which is Greek. Amen. So flesh means soxe in the Greek. Is generally negative. It's referring to making decisions, actions according to self, i.e. done apart from faith, independent from God's inworking. Thus, what is what is of the flesh or carnal is by definition displeasing to, to the Lord. Even things that seem respectable. In short, flesh generally relates to unaided human effort, i.e. decisions, actions that originate from self or are empowered by self. This is carnal of the flesh and proceeds out of the untouched, unchanged part of us i.e. what is not transformed by God. So the sin nature, amen, is our will, our intellect, our emotions, or some may say the personality or our hearts, amen, that are influenced by sin, that are working independent of God, making decisions and choices independent of God. God always intended for man and himself to walk in concert with one another, to be in step with one another, to be um, in intimate relationship with one another. And because of Adam's choice in the Garden of Eden, uh, that um, nullified the relationship that we had with God before Jesus Christ came. All right. We need to know, saints, that when Adam sinned, we sinned. Death through Adam, life through Jesus Christ is what we're going to be dealing with right now. Let's turn to Romans 5 and 12. It reads, this is Paul again. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, this one man was Adam. And death by sin. So death came because of sin. When Adam chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, God said that he would die. Now, he physically didn't die at that moment, but he spiritually died. Death in the Bible means separation. So his spirit was separated from God's spirit. 
Amen. And as human beings, before we come to know Jesus Christ, our spirits are separated from God's spirit. We are spiritually dead. Okay, let me go on. And so death passed on upon all men for all for that all have sinned. How did all of us sin? We have to understand it from this st standpoint. When Adam sinned, all of mankind, except for Eve, and she had sinned already herself, were in the body of Adam in seed form. We were in his loins. So when he sinned, we being inside his body sinned as well because we were in him. We were we, we partook of his sin because we were inside of him. So when he sinned, we sinned. And thus this sin nature was passed down to all of us. So we were all separated from God spiritually. We were born dead spiritually. Each one of us. Let's look at the word sin. We're going to look at the Greek root word of what sin means. It's a word called ham hamartia. Hamartia. It means no share, no part of, loss, forfeiture, because not hitting the target. Sin means missing the mark. That mark is Jesus Christ, and that mark is missing the mark of behavior and, and righteousness. All right. It also means is it's a brand of sin that emphasizes its self-originated or self-empowered nature, i.e. it is not originated or empowered by God i.e. it's not of faith, his in-work persuasion, sinning whether it occurs by omission or commission, in thought or feeling, or in speech and action. All right, so when we sin, we show we have no share. Now, the, sin, the state of sin, I should say. When we're in the state of sin that we were before Jesus Christ, we had no share in God. We, we forfeited our rights in God we did not hit the mark of the target all right we were operating uh, according to being self-empowered in nature all right so it all came about because of Adam's poor choice in the garden and we find ourselves that man was in need of a savior let's go to Romans 3:23. I'm reading from the New International Readers Version it reads Everyone has sinned. No one measures up to God's glory. None of us in our own behavior, in our own self-righteousness, measure up to God's glory or God's standard. We are in need of a Savior. Many in the world do not come to the saving knowledge of Jesus because they believe that if I'm just a good person and my good outweighs my bad, then I will go to heaven. That is not the case biblically. The Bible does not say that. All right. Everyone has sinned. No one measures up to God's glory. We are in need of a savior. All right. But we are made right with God through Jesus Christ. We're going to go to Romans 3, 21 and 22 uh, in the Amplified Version. All right. It reads, this is Paul again speaking. He says, but now the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed independently and completely apart from the law. The law speaks of the Ten Commandments and the associated 613 other laws that were that were based in it, that were rooted in it, that the uh, children of Israel, the Israelites or the Jews followed for 1500 years. All right. It's a 
religious life based in man's self-efforts to please God and to earn heaven. That's what the law is. All right. So let me begin again to give us context. But now the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed independently and completely apart from the law, though it is actually confirmed by the law and the words and writings of the prophets. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. How do we become righteous? The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all those Jew or Gentile who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. There is no distinction. All right. So we become righteous through Jesus Christ. We, we were made righteous through Jesus Christ, whether Jew or Gentile. The Jews are and were God's people. They were the descendants of Abraham. And God made an agreement or covenant, a binding agreement with Father God that, um, that all of those that came from him would be blessed. And by and large, um, that has come to pass there's more to come for the Jews as well they will be saved uh, uh, Paul talks about that in Romans 11 but now during this time of the Gentiles so the church is made up of mostly Gentiles or non-Jews amen we become saved through Jesus Christ and eventually the Jews who uh, who come to the saving knowledge of Jesus will be saved as well God bless them God bless us amen hallelujah Let's listen to the words of David. Uh, uh, um, the scripture Paul was talking about how uh, the need um, for righteousness apart from ourselves uh, is, is it comes from God that we're in need of um, this Savior. Amen. Paul, I mean David, excuse me, speaks about in Psalm 32 verses 1 through 2, the Amplified Version. He says, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God is he whose transgression is forgiven. And whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute wickedness. And whose spirit there is no deceit. Now here David having an intimate relationship with God. Although he was imperfect and had a lot of challenges in his life. Understood that he and mankind in general needed to be forgiven of our transgressions. And that our sins needed to be covered. And that our sins would not be, uh, there would come a day when our sins would not be impu imputed or accredited to us. All right. He knew that we were in need of a savior. Amen. And it was through the Davidic line that God brought forth Christ legally. Amen. Christ is, is often referred to in the scriptures as the son of David. Amen. So it's through David's lineage legally. That Christ came forth. All right. Hallelujah. We know that Christ is the son of God. His father was God. But legally his, his ancestry was through David. All right. Audience, we need to know that we are redeemed by grace. Let's go to Romans 3.24. The amplified version again. This is Paul speak again. He says, and are being justified, decreed free of the guilt of sin, made acceptable to God and granted eternal life as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through the redemption, the payment for our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus. So we are redeemed or the payment for our sin is provided 
in Christ. Let's look at this word redemption. Let's look at the Greek the Greek root word for redemption. It's a it's a uh, it's it's pronounced apo litru. And it's a release of effected payment of ransom. It's deliverance. It's properly uh, it's it's buying back from or repurchasing or winning back what was previously forfeited or lost. That's redemption. It emphasizes the distance, the safety margin that results between the rescued person and what previously enslaved him or them. For the believer, it looks back to God's effective work of grace, purchasing them from the debt from the debt of sin and bringing them to their new status being in Christ. It's deliverance effected through the death of Christ from the retributive wrath of a holy God and the merited penalty of sin. We merited a penalty for sin, but Christ took our penalty. He took our punishment at the cross and we have been redeemed or bought back with the price. What's the price? The price was the blood and the life of Jesus Christ that paid for us, that redeemed us, that brought us back from sin, death, the grave, and the influence of the devil. All right. We need to know that this grace of God that's redeemed us overwhelms our fall, the fall that Adam brought about, amen, and that affected all of mankind. So it's death through Adam, but life through Christ. We're going to come out of Romans, the fifth chapter and the 15th verse. I'm also reading from the Amplified Version again. This is Paul again. He says, but the free gift of God is not like the trespass because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. So this gift of grace being redeemed, being back, being put back in right relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ. Um, it is it overwhelms the fall of man. For, let me get, let me continue to read. For if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and the gift that comes by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit the many. All right. So the grace of God, the redemption of mankind from his sin, uh, state of sin, overwhelms our fall or our state of sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we must know that this redemption or this buying back uh, from sin is, is not a work of the law. It's not a work of our self-efforts. We can't earn heaven. We can't work our way into heaven. Uh, many of us as Christians, we, we engage in good deeds and we believe if our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds that we will earn heaven. There are Christians listening to me right now that are not sure that they're going to heaven. And this is a result of really not understanding uh, the gospel message and the theology of the Bible. And this is why it's important for me to share something like this right now. I didn't understand at one point in my life. I, I, I believe that I was working to earn my way to heaven, even though I was a Christian, even though I believed that Jesus died for my sins. I did not have this understanding. So this was why this is important today. This lesson is important so that we understand what Christ accomplished for us at the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. So Romans, the, the third chapter, the 28th verse, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, so we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. For our standpoint, that means 
through good works or good efforts. So now as a Christian, I do good works as a result of this grace, this redemption, this being placed in the favor of God. Uh, out of uh, my response to God's goodness to me is to do good works. The good works do not earn me heaven, but they are a result of what God has done for me, redeeming me or buying me back from sin. It's a result, hallelujah. And this applies to all Christians once we believe. We, we don't have to work our way into heaven. Jesus did the work. We need to receive it. And, 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 and as human beings, we have such a hard time receiving the grace of God that it must be something we do. We must earn it. We must get our grind on. Uh, we are more influenced by the thinking of the world than we are the thinking of the Bible. We are saved by grace. It is a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. All right. We have a new life in Christ. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're reading from the Amplified Version. This is Paul again. Paul was a true theologian. Amen. And he's laid down the foundation of what we should believe as Christians as he got the revelation from God himself. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Amplified Version, Therefore, if any, anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as savior he is a new creature reborn and renewed by the holy spirit so now our human nature our human um spirit is rejoined with god by way of the holy spirit and we become new creatures it says the old things the previous moral and spiritual condition we were viewed by God that no one was good. No, not one. That, that's no longer present. It says the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Now, God, when God, Father God looks at us now, amen, we are seen as righteous. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says he became sin. He being Jesus, he became our sin offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now when God, Father God looks at us, we are righteous. We are morally uh, uh, brought from the dead. Amen. Our, our position in the universe is that of righteousness. Amen. So let me go on to read again. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. We were born again or born from above when, hallelujah, uh, we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit took residence in our spirit and Hallelujah, connected us with God. Hallelujah, he is God himself, the Holy Spirit, and we're connected with Father God. Hallelujah, we connected with Jesus by believing that he uh, lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again, and he, uh, he appeared and ascended to heaven. Amen. We believe that. Amen. And we are in a new state. We are a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank God for his sacrifice of his son. Amen. That's brought us back into right relationship, right standing with Father God. We're going to end on this note. Amen. We're going to come out of Psalm 107 and 2. The, the, the writer here is anonymous. Amen. And this, 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 this literal translation is dealing with the Jews um, uh, celebrating their return from Babylonian exile. All right. 
But the, all of what happened to the Jews is a picture, it is a lesson, it is a prophecy that can show us how God deals with mankind, amen, and in particular with the church. No, the Jews are not the church, and the church are not the Jews, amen. Uh, the, when, I say, when I say that, I'm talking about the historical Jews, all right, of the Old Testament. Now, Jews that are believers in Christ are one with Gentiles or non-Jews in Christ. We become the church, amen. But I'm talking about uh, the scripture we're reading from Psalm 107 too. We're talking about the historical Jews, amen. They were human beings, amen, that had a relationship with God, but their relationship was through works, all right. They tried to earn their way to heaven. And matter of fact, the Old Testament ended in Malachi with no resolution for man's sin. Amen. So we thank God that we have the resolution for our sin now in Jesus Christ. All right. So that's that's the literal translation of the scripture. But we're going to like I said, it was a prophecy for us today as modern day Christians. And the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Now we can have this applied to our lives as well. Amen. Now the literal translation as I said was for the Jews returning from Babylonian exile. They had fallen out of favor with God. And God allowed them to be conquered by the Babylonian empire. And Nebuchadnezzar. All right. Many of us were, were, were in bondage to something. To sin. Uh, and, 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 and some of us more specifically to drugs or alcohol or promiscuity or whatever it was we were in bondage to. But we thank God that now that we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have been redeemed or brought back. Amen. So it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I'm saying so. I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. We were in um and under the control of the devil, amen, but we have been redeemed or brought back from his control, amen. This redeemed, now being in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, amen, has a Hebrew root word, and that word is goal, amen, and its meaning is uh, obviously redeemed with God as a as subject implying personal relationship from, from exile, brought back, by back, close relative. Now, to be redeemed means to, uh, from an Old Testament standpoint, to be brought back into personal relationship with God from exile. We were all exiled from God. We were caught up in whatever we were caught up sin in the past. Amen. We were brought, and, and, and through Jesus Christ, now as a church, we are brought back. His blood paid the price for us to be brought back and to be made close relatives with him, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just to review real quick. Amen. We each were born with the sin nature. Our will, our intellect, and our emotions were fallen. They were inclined towards sin. They were influenced by sin. We need to establish that man is inherently evil or passed down from Adam our inheritance was evil or sin or the sin nature. Amen. We must understand this. We cannot earn heaven. The Jews tried for 1500 years under the law and were brought to Malachi and still had no resolution for sin. We were in need of a savior. Amen. We needed Jesus Christ to redeem us, to buy us back. Amen. And thank God he did. 
Amen. Glory to God. So that we can have relationship with Father God, with him and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have been redeemed and we it's, we let the Lord, we let the whole universe know. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I say so. I have been redeemed. Amen. So, hallelujah, it's a work of God by sending his son. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. Amen. It is the work of God through Jesus Christ that we have been redeemed and hallelujah and we have been born again we're that new creature amen hallelujah where old things have passed away behold all things become new amen and we have the potential to walk in christ's image and likeness as we come into a greater understanding of whose we are and uh what and what we are amen glory to god and we are redeemed amen and as we learn more about our God and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ and this theology, we grow in grace. We grow. We no longer walk in ignorance as I once did, and we know our position in God. And then we ask God for help that in our day-to-day -day lives that we could live righteously. Legally, we are righteous. We're still being sanctified or cleansed or being made holy on a day-to-day -day basis, amen, as we walk with God, as we read his word, as we, as we pray, amen, as the Holy Spirit influences us, amen, out from within, then we grow in grace and we mature from a behavioral standpoint, amen? Glory to God, hallelujah. Listen, you don't know this Jesus that I've just been teaching about. I wanna offer you an invitation to join the family of God amen, that you might be redeemed. You've been trying to be a good person all your life and you've had your good days and you've had your bad days. You've had your successes and you've had your failures. You have find it, found it exasperating to try to be the person you believe God wants you to be. It is impossible what you're trying to do in your own efforts. You need help, you need Jesus Christ. So say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead as evidence that Father God accepted your payment, your sacrifice for my sins. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are now saved, one day going to heaven, and had been redeemed and have the potential to grow in this new nature that's not influenced by sin as you continue with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So thank you for joining me today. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.